Today's episode of Golf in the Mind is brought to you by Head On, Apply Directly to the Forehead. I'm Jack Schultz. I'm here with Mike Miller, as always. Hi, Mike. Hello. Uh, and we are joined today by Zach Zengel, all the way out in the state of New, New York. New York City. New York City, too. I was I was going to say New York City, but it, I had a, and a moment of... Bro- in Brooklyn, more specific, yeah. Oh, we're in Brooklyn. I was I was there a couple months ago. I uh, I live in Fort Greene, so if you were coming from Manhattan and walked all the way over the Manhattan Bridge or the Brooklyn Bridge, either one, and went uh, another like quarter or half of a mile, you'd hit my neighborhood. So, what's the one? What's the neighborhood near the Brooklyn Bridge that they named? Like oh, had a really weird acronym for because Dumbo. Dumbo is that kind of near where you are? Yes. Uh, uh yeah. Rel- that that is. Yeah, that is really close. Considering yes. What's the uh, What's the hipster index in your neighborhood? Is it like a full ten? Are we? Like- no, I. Uh... Mike, you were you walked around my neighborhood with me. It just seemed like normal folks. Yeah, I I would say this is more of the, on you know, it's it's actually really it's a diverse neighborhood, really diverse, but pretty pretty basic when it comes to city white folk, not the hipster style. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I think I get a picture of that. That's yeah. a pretty good description. Like a, I mean, when it comes to New York, it might all, you know, in some ways it could all be perceived as hipsters, but, you know, in my continuum, it's pretty mild fare. I, I, yeah, I, I thought it just looked like, you know, a seat you could see in Milwaukee or Chicago. Yeah, yeah I think that, I think that's fair. Two good cities, too. Do you, can, can you play much golf out there? Or, like, uh, what's the, how much of an effort is it to... To get out to a golf course and all. I know you were out at so, uh, Bethpage last weekend. Yeah, so the reality is is that you don't have like the opportunity to play after work that you might in other cities or say in you know the hometown we grew up where you could get out of work at scoot out of work a little early at five and still credibly get in nine holes because you're a fifteen minute drive away from a golf course. When I play golf it's just really committing at least a half of a day to that, if not more. Um, with a car, even, I mean, and especially if you want to play a nice course, which when it's going to take four and a half hours to five hours to play, that's what I want to do at least. It's going to take you an hour to get there. So you're, you know, six, seven hours in minimum. Yeah. The best page day, that's like an hour and ten minute drive. So you want to get there a little early and hit balls. You're there an hour early, three hours. It took us five and a half hours to play without waiting. Oh. It's just those courses are that long and tough that you just get spaced out nicely on the course, but it just takes a long time. Yeah. It's a great t- it, I don't know. I, I do. I like it that way, though. The red course is fantastic, but... Where, so the, the black in New York. there's the black and then the red is the second most popular hardest best one. I would describe it. There's five courses, and I would uh, to me I would describe it as two tiers. 
There's the black and the red course, and those both have like premium prices for out-of-state residents, and they are excellent. Uh, and then the other three courses are the blue, the yellow, and the green. And I have never played the yellow and the green, but the blue is a great course in its own right. And for anybody to play that, I think any day of the week walking, any three of those courses is like $43. Yeah. And that's just like amazing value. It's really, really still a great course. But that's the whole thing with um, you know, the aura behind the black course is you have to get there at like 3 in the morning and like sign up for the lottery and stuff like that. Is, is that part of it at all? I think that's... I think that's part of it for non-residents and singles, but because I live in New York, I have a New York driver's license, I can set up tea times a week in advance, and there is, I will stay in archaic and antiquated telephone method to call. It usually involves four people, their significant others, and maybe if they have some free, some relatives with free time, and <laughs> you call nonstop, nonstop, nonstop with, uh, I mean, literally, I can send you guys both the email. I have created a prompt for when we call to make tea times to make it faster. Is it, for people is it, who've never done it before. Wait, why do they have to do it faster? Is it because they fill up right away? No, because when you well, because once you get into the system, without if you don't know it, there's a woman who gives you a full five minute rundown on what courses are playing, how they're conditioned, when they were last aerated. Is this this, is this one's, recorded? Or a person sits there and no, this is recorded. Okay, good. And there's this, <laughs> I was imagining right? a lady thing. Right? And so you can preempt that by pressing one as soon as you hear her voice. But it might take 67 calls before you even get to her voice because it's just a busy signal. Wow. So the first time I played the black course, six of us called... And I think the average number of calls for everybody was, you know, 45... So, so you have a bunch of people call just so hopefully someone gets through and can do somebody it? Gets, somebody will eventually get through, but you have better odds That's with incredible. more people. Yeah. And then, then that tea time, by the way, was for the following Saturday. We got off at one thirty-two. you know, I feel prime like you, time. I feel like you need to start a New York City golf consultancy where it's like some guy moves there and like, I want to play golf, but I don't know what to do. And then they just contact you and you're like... Uh, every there it exists already <laughs> there you can pay for anything out here and there are people who you can pay like $75 $100 depending on the number of people and the tea time and they will get you a tea time dang and and they'll get you like that 8:30 tea time that 9 a.m. tea time that's the they have the, there are you know ways. That clearly I do not know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, you don't have to deal with that up in Milwaukee. I'm kind of stuck, not even close to that bad, but have issues here in Chicago. Uh, guys on tour, however, they do not because the courses are reserved for them. 
Do you like that segue? I thought that was a pretty good segue. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't even they don't make tea times. They don't even get their choice. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they're stuck. That's Yeah, can you imagine if it was like, all right, the top ranked guy gets to pick what tea time he wants? And then everyone else should be able to. Man, that okay, here all right, first topic. We're talking about like would like so the first guy picks and then the next guy gets to pick if they play with them or pick a different tea time. I wonder what I wonder what the resulting tea times would look like. Like would you just have like friends playing together? Uh would there be like, oh you don't want to play with me kind of scuffles and stuff yeah. like that? Patrick the Reed might play by himself. Yeah, Patrick Reed by himself. I like the slow group. Yeah, Roy Sabatini and Ben Crane. That's a good pair. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, I don't know what people would do. I think it would be a disaster. I'm curious if more people would do morning, afternoon, or afternoon, morning. Because I feel from from when I would play these. You gotta do afternoon, morning. Yeah, I've, uh, that's what I've always thought the best way to do it was, where you'd just kind of get in a rhythm. You'd play your two rounds, and you could rest up for the weekend. But then again, I don't know. We're, I'm guessing at what what guys on tour like. Maybe they like not and sitting around. And if you're not a very good player, you can uh, just Yeah, that too. Oh, that's a big uh, one. If you miss the cut, you get to bounce. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't know. I think I want to play right away. I think, yeah. On, on but, Thursday. The, not the, necessarily the first tee time, but that first wave. wave. Yeah. I feel like the only problem with that is you finish on Thursday and you're just tapping your toes for the entire afternoon and the entire next morning. And that's a long time to wait, even longer than just the morning of the first day. But then again, I'll go I'm back. I'm sure those guys have things they do that just. It's been a long time since I competed in a multi-day event. <laughs> That that I you know was had any chance of winning. So I, I, I don't know that I would feel that way if I had more competitive experience in that way. Yeah, I guess we're not gonna know. Would be interesting though. We got to put it in the uh, the old PGA Tour suggestion box. Yeah, that'd be. That'd I, I, be. I think I'm, I'm on the same page as Jack here. I don't know. I will say that if I was close to the cut line or hadn't had an average day, I'd rather play at the end of the day on the first day, just knowing how much more geared up I'd be to to make the cut at the end of the day, knowing where the line might be at for more firmly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's a good point. Play, you mean like playing in the afternoon? In the, yeah. the second day, because then you know what's going on rather than not knowing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And as a rule, I don't mind greens at the end of the day. I, 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 for whatever reason, but that's personal preference. Yeah, and then there's the whole wind factor, but I don't know. There are tons of tons of different things, so that'd be interesting to see. All right, RBC Heritage was last week. Uh, one of the main main stories happened on Thursday or Thursday evening when Mike Weir, and we've talked about Mike Weir before, about how he's terrible and still plays. And uh, I think he was, 
uh, injury exemptions and past major status and stuff, and he was on Team RBC. Uh, so he played on a sponsor's exemption last week, played bad the first round, withdrew, and our boy Dowie Vanderwalt called him out. Was it on Twitter? I think it was on Twitter. Yeah. It was on Twitter? Yeah. For like, oh, why are you quitting? You took a spot from like him, for example. Was he? I think he must have been on the alternate list, too. I think he was second alternate and he didn't get in. Yeah, so in his opinion, Mike Weir took a spot of some guy who was like up and coming trying to prove himself and he only played one round and then quit and that took the spot of Dowie who could have in his own mind, which is not going to happen, who could have won or at least had a good finish. So, everybody seems to have opinions on this. We can do a, a round the horn thing. Mike, how do you feel? Um, it's getting to the point with Mike Weir that, uh, Dowie's right. Ooh, I did not think you'd go that way. At this point, Mike Weir has a much, much higher chance of finishing. Finishing You're cutting in and out. Mike Weir has a better chance of finishing dead last than what? Making a cut. Oh. Yeah, well, if he withdraws, is he dead last then? It's worse. But well, I'll get I'll get to my my thoughts on this in a second. Zach, what do you think? Who's right? I think Dowie Vanderwalt is right. Oh, your guys are killing me. I I think if you can't play two rounds. You shouldn't have played at all. He's like, I did th- think about this. I think he's the reason that the lifetime exemption at the Masters is bad because he's terrible. Not Sandy Lyle? Why is Sandy Lyle well, playing? Sandy Lyle so made a same... cut a couple years ago. Now, I will say this. As soon as I thought about it, I took it back because actually having those guys who have no chance is what makes it great because you don't have some journeyman who suddenly gets hot. Jim Herman? It is a bet. Don't tell me you're calling Jim Herman. No, he earned it. He won. Okay, all right. He won an event to get in. He gets in fair and square. But if they, like, if you, like, had to open it up to, or if they open it up to looser restrictions because they cut, drop that out, it wouldn't be a good thing. So let those guys play. All right, my turn. Either way, yep, Dowie wins. Mike Weir is is right and fine of playing. First of all, the reason he was playing was on sponsor's exemption. This isn't like a medical exemption like some of the ones in the past where he was just able to play because of the way the PGA Tours are structured. Mike Weir is on Team RBC, and it was the RBC Heritage, and so they spent one of the four sponsors' exemptions on him. So if it wasn't going to be Mike Weir, it still wasn't going to be Dowie Vanderwalt or anyone from the, the next-in list. Uh, secondly, nobody wants to watch Dowie Vanderwalt play. Like, the only reason people know his name is, well, one, because it's funny and I'd heard it before. Uh, and, I mean, that's it. People know who Mike Weir is. Like you and you look at a casual golf fan, and I'd much rather like like there's a web.com tour. If you want to watch all these up and coming guys to watch them play not great golf, watch that. 
Like, I'd rather see names that I know on the PGA Tour. Which is subjective, and I know you're gonna uh, you're like stalling to like say something, but I mean, I guess the main reason is going back to what I said first. It, just, it was a sponsor's exemption, not like it was taking his spot actually. Yeah, they don't have to use sponsors' exemptions, but it's RBC, and RBC has a squadron. Yeah, they have a squadron. Sponsored golfers. Yeah, and it is Team RBC, which is great. Uh, but the, I mean, all the sponsors are going to use their four sponsors' exemptions. Like, you'll see that a lot. I mean, that's what um, Bryson just I don't think all do, but usually they do. Really? Do they sometimes not? I don't know. I just think it's embarrassing to the craft to not... I get what you're saying. No. Both, both points, Jack, that you make are, are valid about the fact that there would have been no replacement from the, that list of players and that he was doing it because it is a sponsor. Yeah, and no. he was probably obligated to do it. Right, the obligation it's... part. I'm curious about that. Like, I'm sure he doesn't but, want to right, be in the right. limelight for being awful, which is what he is. So uh, maybe they forced. But him. but then you've got to. I don't know. What do you do? Step back, refocus, practice, well, and that... and yeah, not that... play until that's the case. I think that's what he did. I think he saved his. I think his whole thing was to, like, get good enough again for this year's Masters. And so he played, like, a full schedule. Like, if you look at... No, if you look at 2015 last year, I think he missed every single cut from January to June before he quit for the year and said, I need to practice again. Mike, have you... you, I think we've talked about that specifically, where if you, like, look at his, it's just, like, all missed cuts. He has has not made a cut in a long time. Yeah. So I think he's WDs. Yeah, I think he did try the practice and get better route. But in 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 like to try to get better for the Masters again. I I'm I am i do not think he'll be playing in anything more. Can you see that? Yeah, I I would agree. I would I would say your point might be more valid for someone like John Daly. What would? As far as someone who people might want to watch. Oh. Well. I don't know how many people. I don't know how many people Mike Weir is bringing out to the course. Would you rather? It's, but would you rather watch what? Mike Weir or Dowie Vanderwalt? I don't know. It depends what they're gonna shoot. I don't want to watch Mike Weir shoot a seventy-eight with six bogeys and no birdies. I don't know. I'm kind of <laughs> curious at how that is. I mean, Dowie. There's just like a whole host of young guys who are pretty good and who are probably not going to win. They're just like. So you want to watch a major champion, a one-time major champion shoot scores? You want to watch what it would look like for you to go out and play? (laughs) I (laughs) want to. I want a feel-good story. I'm rooting for Mike Weir. I want him to shoot like couple under and contend. That's such a better story than Dowie Vanderwalt playing making a cut. It is it is a better story, but it's not gonna at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not gonna happen. Is well, there some because he's clearly so terrible that I, I I'm not getting much of a chance t- to watch him recently, is there some specific aspect of his game that is deplorable or is he just of a different era? can't play these golf courses at these lengths 
I can't think he's putt. Had shoulder injuries. Yeah, he yeah the injury thing. I don't think it's like the length of the course. I think he's just like everything's not great. And he's also not very long. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I guess that like RBC or the uh, Harbor Town. That's not as much of an issue, but. But Augusta. Oh yeah. Augusta is seventy five, seventy six hundred yards or something. Yeah, that that'd make it tough. Well, I don't think we'll have probably three three or four hundred yards longer than what he won. I was thinking about when he won that Masters and who he beat. Was it what year? Len Len Matisse, two thousand three. Was that a bad weather year? It had to have been. He beat him in a playoff, and what I remember is Len Matisse being devastated and never coming back from it. Oh, can you imagine if yeah. Matisse in a won? way, in a way where his game immediately became like how Mike Weir's game is now? <laughs> oh. Can you imagine if, some... if Len Matisse had won, he'd play in the Masters every year? Have you ever played that game of like, oh man, this guy almost won? Like I play that every year with um, Kenny Perry. Like, oh, how great would it be to see Kenny Perry every year? Like now he's just relegated to the senior tour. But if he had won. That uh, it was him on Helen. On Hell. Chad Campbell yeah. was the other guy. But it would be so great to see Kenny Perry. And then the other one's like, oh, really? I'd have to see Len Matisse every year? Like, that'd be a weird Len. one. That's a fun game to play, though. The who almost mm-hmm. would be in the limelight every year. That's a good one. The almost. All right, well. Mike Weir played bad. Dowie didn't play. But Brandon Grace pulled through uh, and won. Convincingly. He played. He, he, he won by like three or something. Or two, I guess. Luke Donald might have had a hole out in the last hole to win. Uh, long time coming, it seems kind of like, for Brandon Grace. Agreed. I, I thought he was was going to play better at the Masters. Yeah, had him in the had him in the pool, so I mean, Ooh. yep. Uh, it I seemed, think he's good. It seemed like he now is he okay? So he's from South Africa. Is he yes. playing a full time tour schedule now? PGA Tour. I think he must be if he's playing in, at RBC. He's not. I don't want to say he's a full time, but he's like a top. 30 guy in the world sort of playing 15 to 20 type of schedule. 15 to 20, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it must be some scheduling thing. For, for me, he popped on the scene last year at the uh, U.S. Open, contended with Jordan Spieth. Uh, that was the first I had really heard of him. Is that the same for both of you guys? Uh, for uh, me, was, uh, I mean, I've heard him internationally for a couple years now, but that was his first big tournament that he really contended well that I can remember. I would, I, I think, yeah, U.S. Open's going to be for me. Yeah, and then from there, it seemed like, I, I mean, this is just making it up in my head because I don't have any specific examples, but it seems like he's a uh, played well in other big events. 
which uh, is like the best thing you want to see as a as a uh, a player because playing well at a normal garbage event is is not as important as playing well in majors. So finally yeah. winning here seems like a culmination. He did seem pretty happy about it, uh, but I'm assuming he has higher goals for the future. I think he has major major goals, and I think he's got the game for it. He was right in it at the PGA. Was he had he... one of the best rounds of the week. Where was the PGA last year? I'm blanking. Whistling. Whistling. Straits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jason Day. Oh, see, yeah, I wasn't completely making things up when I said I thought he did well in other events last year. Good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I got, mean, he's got seven European Tour wins. That's over over what time frame? Uh, it's starting in 2012. 2007. That's pretty good. I yeah, think. he's been pretty solid since then. He just hasn't had a win on the. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I mean, we wouldn't be surprised to see him win British Open. Actually, maybe you know the European, knowing that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wish I probably you know would have watched him play this weekend but it's just one of those tournaments where i didn't make the time on sunday to do it it was too nice weather yeah but and but it, brings, you know so that that's you know this gets lost in the shuffle there that brings up another point where we're kind of in a stretch now with the rbc here uh last week uh this week being the valero texas open and then what does it go zurich i think where it's just like a bunch of, I feel bad saying it, but like filler events, you know, where where the the weather is getting nice, you're gonna want to be outside, and y- you know who really cares who wins that sort of thing. Yeah, at this point, it comes down to the players and the majors. The players, the majors, the Olympics, I guess. Well, yeah, and then the Ryder Cup, the playoffs, the Ryder Cup. The playoffs. The playoffs have been pretty good. I've, I've, FedEx has done a great job at making those four tournaments like actually watchable, like as opposed to just like random events at the end of the season. And I guess that's what happens when they put ten million dollars at the end of it. That people start caring. But they're they're at good golf courses. Yeah, that's true. Ah. And it's the best players. Yeah, that's well, that's what, what I'm take, saying. It's like, you know, yeah, if you put $10 million out there, then the good players are going to come. And, like, that's the reason you watch tournaments is to watch good mm-hmm. players and to not watch Dowie Vanderwalt. <laughs> yeah, but Mike Weir's not a good player. <laughs> he was hasn't been. been. One point. I'll still hold to that. All right, the other the other storyline uh, from last week, a young player who is also... You think people are going to, like, yell at Bryson DeChambeau for, like, oh, you're taking my spot, even though you're not a member of the PGA Tour? He's the dude with the hat, for people out there who don't know who Bryson DeChambeau is. Uh, he played 
uh, really well, obviously, finishing fifth, I believe, tied fifth. Tied fourth, I think. Tied fourth? Well, yeah. you would know because he is on your fantasy team. Would you like to? Would you like to? You know, pat yourself on the back here. Yeah. What was? I mean, what was your first paycheck for your job? Oh. Something something like two hundred nineteen grand. It was not two hundred and nineteen grand. It was well, yeah, no. You made seven fifty last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder. Actually, I wonder how much uh, Puma paid him and Cobra, because that would be his first paycheck, huh? Probably, yeah. They probably paid him pretty good. Unless it's an incentive late. Yeah, I'm curious how these uh, these contracts work. I'm not for like the top players. I think the low-level guys are just like, you get your equipment, you get a little bit of money, and then everything is incentive. Whereas on the top, it's... Actually, I don't know. I'm just guessing here. But I would be curious to look at look at how that stuff works for the top guys. As it is, though, he has he finished fourth. He needs to get. I think it varies company by company, and I think that's why you see certain guys use certain clubs or make changes because of the sponsorship dollars they can get. Oh, and yeah, the change thing. And. Um, you know, okay, this is going to be not slated aside. I read something on ESPN about Steph Curry going from Nike to Under Armour and how it was mm-hmm. because in the meeting, like, Nike did a couple things wrong. They, like, reshuffled slides from the Kevin Durant deck with yep. Kevin did, Durant's stuff still on it. Yep, and then the other thing they did was they let Kyrie and – Anthony Davis have like these summer camps for kids, which is apparently a big thing, and they didn't do that for Steph. And so he felt slighted from both of those, and so he ditched. And so I'm wondering if some of these guys are like, I'm not going to be top billing on this one company. They don't care about me. I can be top on another. I'm going to switch to them. That's got to be I think, it. I think that, all, that matters also. But Under Armour also makes really good stuff. <laughs> You know, I read they um, they were planning on going into making golf equipment either by buying like a a smaller co- or company and like putting it under the Under Armour brand, but they postponed that for some reason. So that that'd be interesting. I mean, I don't know how profitable the golf equipment industry is, other than golf balls. I, huh. I, I, yeah, they. they, they we're bringing up questions that you kind of never think about, like the structure of contracts and how these companies make money. So I think, I mean, that's why TaylorMade and Callaway are, you know, every year they try and introduce a new ball or a new, you know, something new to get into the golf ball industry that's, you know, totally dominated by Titleist. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe they just... I mean, they come out with new clubs every year just to have for the same thing of, like, get these people who love equipment to buy new equipment. Yeah. But but how how successful has that been with the advent of secondary markets? And you can get last year's stuff immediately for 70% off. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder who buys the new stuff. It's got to be just people who like having like 10 putters in their living room and buy new I things. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last time I bought a new golf club. Yeah. I think I bought a couple bought a couple wedges a few years ago. Yeah, well, hey, we're, um, tr- we're trying to look at new clubs. Are we yeah. talking Well, I brought I I was given new irons, but they were the first set of irons I've had had in eight or nine years at that time since I got my MP32s. Oh, good clubs. Right? And the driver I bought had, last summer. Mm-hmm. We've all had MP32s. I still oh, have so them. I hit them, I hit them on Saturday. Those are the clubs I have down here. They're super flat, though. I need to, I need to change them to get them more upright. But, yeah, that is, you know, that is funny. Like, who, like Wyatt the other day, he got those two used wedges. Exactly. Like, who buys new clubs? Wyatt, yeah. It's, I mean. Well, why would you buy some? I, I bought it last summer, and it was brand new. But then a 15-month-old Callaway driver, the Big Bertha Alpha or whatever, and it was $115. So, what, a $400 club? Right, 450 Huh. Man, yeah. we're going to have to look into this because the, the whole new club. Maybe it's because we're young and we don't have any money. Maybe once we're older and we're just like, screw it, and I want the best. I'm sure that's part of it, but the one-year product cycle has been great for us because we don't have to buy this year's club to have the you know something that performs just as well. Yeah, and then you look at um, how much like manufacturing costs are. Maybe it costs like five bucks to make, and so they don't really care if they have to sell them for cheap later. I don't know the economics behind it. I gotta think the R and D behind it's probably the most expensive part. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. All things to investigate. Anyway, Bryson with Puma and Cobra Golf uh, finished fourth here, so that means top ten he gets into this week's without having to use a sponsor's exemption. Then he'll have six of those left if he doesn't continue to top 10 and he has to get top 125 in last year's FedEx point equivalency to get rest of the year or money equivalency or money equivalency Uh, clearly Mike you're a fanboy how long do you think it's going to take him to to do that well let's say do you think he's going to win this year even no you don't think he's going to win Well, clearly, because he's on your <laughs> fantasy team. Yeah, I hope he wins. Why? Why can't he win? Because There's his swing no is. Because his swing is stupid. <laughs> 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 and he's a dumb little smile on his face. Okay, enough hate. Oh, he's eminently punchable. Yes. Oh my God. Did, did you see on the Twitter? I forget which one. It maybe it was like no laying up posted like. Well, here's the other question. Is he going to make the Ryder Cup team? Because that's not oh, yeah. outside the realm of possibility. <laughs> anyway, the picture was of, like, let's say he made the Ryder Cup team. You put him and Patrick Reed together and just, like, 
and the caption was the most punchable Ryder Cup team ever, like pairing <laughs> between him and. It's Patrick over Reed. there, right? It's not here. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna hate him. Oh, if they're if he goes, but that's the pairing. Oh that's man, a dream, that's a dream pairing. I wonder what Brits think of it, Bryson. They must think he's like butchering the hat. I can't believe that swing. It's what like, is the theory though behind every club being the same length? I think it's just a marketing scheme where he's like, I need to like. You know, Ricky has his flat brim hats and other stuff, and Bryson's like, in order to stand out here, you can't just be another Dowie Vanderwalt. You have to have. Your... <laughs> have to... I really like how you don't like Dowie Vanderwalt <laughs> for, for this. <laughs> you have to have like your own shtick and like your own thing, and he's gonna be the weird guy, and that's what I think. I think it's just all fake. I, he'd switch to the one club or the one length club thing, and like sophomore year of high school or something yeah i mean i guess it was i mean the weird hat the weird hat notwithstanding it's like he's gonna be the next kurt triplet or something i don't know the the other part is a weird hat the other problem i had of them and i might have said this last week was at the in the basement of butler cabin when they were doing the interview and he's the low am and he's like i've never in a million years dreamed to be here like that was just all a bunch of garbage like he doesn't believe that at all like he knows he's gonna be He's the best to be there. He's played in these final groupings and like that, you know, he's going to, he should have been there. And that just like, it was just such a lie coming from his mouth. Really annoyed me. I missed that. I had to turn it off because it was just like a bunch of garbage. He's just like, oh, this is just such an honor and whatever. And I was hoping that he was going to finish second and lose, like, on the last hole, like, miss a putt to, to lose, still have to go to the basement of Butler Cabin and just spout off about how, oh, it's just, like, so fun and, like, so happy to be here. That would have been amazing. He just reminds me of the type of guy that I would have taken bad penalties against in hockey. Like, <laughs> cheap shot at, uh, you know, just because he's <laughs> that combination of having that face where you just want to punch to begin with and then wearing, like, the goofy hat, so he probably, you know, goofy equipment or skating style, and then doing everything unorthodox and somehow being good, I would have been like, this person needs to get hurt or something, and <laughs> gone to the penalty box for, you know, two, four, or five, whatever it took. <laughs> exactly. Like, has anybody on the PGA Tour ever punched somebody? Like, because it could happen to him. Ah. Yeah, I don't think put Rory maybe Sabatini. That's to, uh, maybe that's what happened to uh, Robert Allenby. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well, too soon. No. <laughs> hey, you can. Yeah. 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 Is there rumor mill stuff there? I think there is some some thought behind it. I don't know. I, I don't think know. the rumor was he was trying to play. Wasn't he trying to buy coke or something? <laughs> Uh, drugs were probably involved in some some shape or form. All right, enough of Bryson. Moving on to this week, Valero Texas Open. Like we said, it's kind of a filler event. Uh, there's some stuff to watch. Mike, what are you watching for? Um, I'm watching for 
Kevin Na to see if he can break 16 with his first four holes. Yeah, Kevin Na, if you read the preview, that'll be in it. Uh, five years ago now, was it? Yeah, several. He had, a, uh, he had a 16 on a par 4 here. Now, I was thinking about this the other day. So was that a hazard that he hit the drive into? No. It was just... Okay. I think he hit two provisionals, and he found the second one. <laughs> so... so... I'm sorry. <laughs> I just remember watching this live. <laughs> For whatever reason, I saw it, and... <laughs> The video of it's like seven minutes long of him in the woods getting angry. Kevin Na gets angry too, and that that makes it funnier. Oh yeah, I saw this live as well, and it's just—I think it's my favorite live event I've ever. Was it? Was it? Because I didn't know how many shots he took. I was like, "Is he even counting at this point?" <laughs> was it like? It was like Ernie putting at the Masters. Was it something like you text your friend like, "Oh my God, are you watching Kevin Na on this hole?" Like that's yeah, but where that was like immediate nuclear eruption, this was slow burn. Yeah, you would have time to text someone, and they could still catch like the last thirteen shots. The video, <laughs> like the you could have credibly that. watched, you could have credibly watched Ernie Yells do that and be like, "Is he messing around on the practice screen?" <laughs> right? This happened slow. So, so what do you do? Let's say, okay, you hit it in the woods, you find it, you hit it again. And, like, you're in the deep woods. Like, you can't go to, like, the last spot where you hit. So do you just have to take, like, unplayables all the way to the fairway? If, if it's, like, so dense you can't get it out? Like, what do you do in that case? Like, I mean, if you were Wyatt, you'd take an X. <laughs> and you'd walk <laughs> off the course. And this brings I it full it circle. Point. And people would be irate with you if you walked off the course because you made a 16. Yeah, I mean, Dolly Vanderall would Similar. just go right to Twitter and like start yeah, yelling to, at to you. Bring this, to bring this full circle, Dolly Vanderwalt would have called you out on Twitter <laughs> if you walked off the course for making a 16. Yeah. But I, I don't know how you come back from that. I feel like there needs to be a rule. I think at a certain point you're required to live in the woods. <laughs> you have to build. You have to build yourself a house before. I feel like there needs. Once, once you've taken enough swings to uh, create enough lumber, <laughs> there needs to be a rule in golf where you can just say, "Screw it, I'm going back to the tee," because uh, that would have solved a situation here. I think, where because Kevin not uh, knew he wasn't going to take a cup two to get out. So, Mike and three tee shots. When Mike and I were together, we talked. This is a second point I have, or was going to bring up with this, but this is separately related. I just don't like stroke and distance, for the most part, penalties in golf. Specifically for amateurs, and that always for them, but in this case, if he could have just dropped as if it was like a red hazard, hitting three. You can't hit it from where you are or whatever, but keep it going. Don't ruin – I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like true, true rules golf has the ability of being 
cruel to the point of not enjoyable. Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't, that's true. I don't hate. I don't hate bending those rules for AMs and you know casual rounds. I definitely don't play by the you know USGA rules every time I go out. Yeah, I mean six, sixteen though for a pro is some tough stuff. Yeah, that's very impressive. But uh, Kevin Nas back. He plays every year, right? I think he does. Yeah. He actually lives there. Does he? In the woods. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got me there. That was a really good one. <laughs> I was like, he doesn't seem like a Texas person. Uh, Zach, are you going to watch? What, or what are you watching for? In Am I? Texas Open. I actually did watch this whole tournament last year, too, because I couldn't believe the wind yeah. that they were playing in. Just wild. Yeah. Um, I actually might watch a little bit on Friday, and maybe if if it's on, on Sunday, but only if it's on at the resort. Alana and I are going on vacation. Oh. So Saturday's a travel day. Maybe uh, enjoy a little bit of it in the afternoon on Sunday, depending. Where are you? Where are you guys going? We're going to to Mexico to to Playa Mujeres. Nice. Is that uh, north of Cancun? Women Beach, Woman Beach, Woman Beach. Nice. Yes. Woman Beach. That'd be. That seems like a great place plural. To go. Women. Yeah. Women Beach. All right. I am watching for Jimmy Walker this week. Uh, one last year, and I feel like he's the most one of him and we have listed here Charlie Hoffman too are probably mm-hmm. probably the the oddest players on tour. Jimmy Walker the last three seasons has just dominated the beginning of the year, like winning a couple times and then kind of falling off the face of the earth in the second half of the season for whatever reason. Uh, I don't think he's won this year. And clearly knows the course because I remember he stayed at his house because he does live in Texas, not in the woods, but near there. Uh, So I'm looking to see if he does well. And then Charlie Hoffman here, who he he has to have the biggest differential in first two rounds to second two rounds because it seems like every Masters even this year or the year before he was up there and just fell off, fell off the earth. RBC Heritage. He was just a billion over on the weekend. Uh, so he's actually a guy to watch every week to see if he can figure out how to close. But I don't think he'll be able to because that stuff's hard. <laughs> Anything else? It is. Shout, give another shout-out to Dowie. Maybe he's playing this week. That's who we should be all watching for. It's to, it's to see if Dowie Vane Is he in the field? Him. I don't know. I feel like this is some research we should have done beforehand. We're messing up. Yeah. <laughs> So, Jack, do you like Dowie? Dowie or Bryson DeChambeau less? Oh. Oh, Bryson. No, no, no. I, Bryson I like less. Dowie, Dowie's just, like, beginning. Like, let's see if he has any other transgressions. He doesn't wear a stupid hat. Uh, so he's good on that front. I feel like Dowie, Dowie's by, like, 30, isn't he? Is he one of the Close guys that... Up. Dowie Vanderwalt in the field. Yes, Dowie. Okay, I I change back. Dowie's who to watch for. If he, you, if watch, he finishes dead last, shoots like seventy nine, seventy nine. That would be just amazing. 
I'm sure Mike Weir is sitting there in no. Canada. No? You don't think he's going to? Oh, he's 33. He's not, oh. he's not some young guy. Well, he's, yep. he's first year on tour. Yep, he's 33, though. All right. Everybody watch for Dowie. We're all Dowie fans this week. Just so he can not feel awful when he finishes dead last. <laughs> that is all I got. Any other shout-outs you, you guys want to give? To both of you, thank you for having me on the show. Yep, it was fun. We'll definitely do it again. We'll be yeah, uh, absolutely. We'll be on next week. See y'all. Sounds good.